You're listening to Bridging Realities, an accessible astrology podcast with your host, Eugenia Kroc. In this podcast, I work to build a more professional astrology by bridging the seemingly esoteric, scientific, and complicated concepts of astrology into grounded, practical use for empowering yourself and your clients in everyday life. To learn more about the podcast and to find out how you can participate in more intimate conversations about astrology through learning opportunities, getting your chart read, or by joining the Bridging Realities tribe, be sure to visit AccessibleAstrology.com. For now, pop in your earbuds, hit the trail, relax on your commute, or listen wherever you experience your place of peace and ceremony, and enjoy these insights. May they be beneficial in grounding your experiences while reminding you of the brilliance of the gods and the goddesses above. Hello, tribe. Welcome to episode 79 of Bridging Realities, an accessible astrology podcast. I am your host, Eugenia Crack. Today is Thursday, August 9th of 2018. And we are just two days away from the final solar eclipse in this particular eclipse season that we've been experiencing for many weeks now. And uh, man, it's been quite the season. You know, I've been personally able to reflect on my experiences. Luckily, because I have this podcast, I actually listened back to uh, episode 74, 75, when I came back to America. And it was really helpful to help me see the process that's been unfolding during this season and really get a clear understanding of what it is I'm meant to learn during this time and and how I'm learning to empower myself and I'm seeing myself so differently through this whole experience. And I know a lot of you are having that experience as well. I've talked to some of you, I've heard stories, but this experience where people are really starting to unravel programs via society, religion, culture, politics, nationalism, uh, patterns also in a more micro perspective, you know, patterns from within our family, within our biological nature. We're starting to see these patterns that we carry as well, we're seeing them. <laughs> and I think seeing these patterns is the first job of the psychological miner, uh, so to speak, mining for gold, mining for our internal gold. In fact, that's what this episode is ultimately going to be talking about is our internal gold uh, with this Leo eclipse. And, you know, Jupiter has been, of course, in Scorpio. Uh, since October 10th of 2017. And we've been mining these programs. We've been um, cleaning out the sewers of our subconscious and our unconscious and looking at things from a more well-rounded perspective. Carl Jung talks about the shadow. That's his some of his most favorable works or the works he's best known for is acknowledging that we have a shadow. Uh, That's to say that when we're looking at a current political situation and we see someone else as the enemy, it is our job, in fact, to recognize how we too 
have that nature in us uh, to rather than blame and get angry at the other party. And this is not just in politics, this is in our individual relationships to recognize that they come from their own set of programs and their own set of patterns. And everybody has a little bit of evil and everybody has a little bit of angel inside of us. And that's what Jung wanted us to do as consciousness. And he's really influenced psychology because of that. And since Jupiter moved into Scorpio, that's what we've been doing from, again, the macro perspective of looking at the dark side of Hollywood, the dark side of social norms, uh, I think I've been getting a lot of new information about just how some of our social norms uh, are that are so right in our face are flawed and we don't even see it. And so people are talking up about, you know, this is, we need to really rethink how we're doing this as a culture and we need to look at this. And then simultaneously on the micro level, we're all looking at that is what are these deep um desires are these deep pulls what is the purpose of them what are they what are what are they preventing us from feeling and 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 how do they again keep us out of a very authentic life and that's what this eclipse is ultimately about and that's what this episode is going to focus on i was going to do a q and a next week, but ultimately I asked you, the audience, if you had any questions and the majority of you did ask about the solar eclipse. And so I will be focusing this episode in part one question about the solar eclipse. And then the second part is a more general question about astrology and how do we not obsess over this information? I just think that's a really good topic uh, for everybody to, to, to think about. Uh, It's a big, big problem in astrology, letting uh, our charts take over our lives and pulling us out of that present authentic moment. And I have some tools for you because I have had to learn them over the course of many years. Before we get started with this episode, I just want to make a couple of announcements. One, I have a new option in Patreon. I know that getting a chart read is a very hefty or lofty expense uh, because astrologers charge a significant amount of money to read a chart because the information one needs to know to read a chart, the responsibility that one holds when they're reading a chart is, is, is highly important. And, and there's a lot of other reasons why astrology readings are more expensive than say a therapy session. Another reason being that you might see the astrologer not as often as you would a therapist. Uh, But I recognize that that price range makes my interaction with you, my clients and listeners lessened uh, because of that time consumption on my end, on your end and the expense. And so I have a new option in Patreon. I'm going to try it out, see if you guys like it, but I have two options for like a monthly horoscope. And I use the word horoscope very loosely. Um, I recognize that a lot of people are going onto the internet to try to interpret their own charts. And it's very expensive to have an astrologer interpret for you. So I'm I'm wanting to try something where I can give an interpretation of your chart for the month to come. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to predict your future, and that doesn't mean I'm going to be able to tell you what to expect, because I don't know. But I can give you an idea of how this month's um, 
transits and your personal progressions are being affected from month to month. And what I'll do is I'll, you know, I need to see you as a client first. Uh, so this is probably best for people who have already had their charts read by me. Cause then I know you, I know your story, uh, but you can, you know, purchase an option through Patreon where you get all of the gifts that you get um, with the live Q and A's and the bonus episodes. And these episodes are on video like this one. I'm this episode, I am going to be using a couple of visual images to aid my discussion. Uh, and you can watch that in the tribe, but, but this is an option for me. I can look at your chart at the beginning of every month on the first of every month. Uh, I'll be looking at your chart and looking at what's shifting in the next month and just give you a 15 minute uh, meditation, maybe more than anything about how to work with this energy this month. So I have an audio option and a video option. In the video option, I'll be showing your chart, walking you through your chart for 15 minutes every month. And this is a limited opportunity because it's a new one. So if you did want to join the tribe and you needed a little extra incentive, this is a great one. Um, it's an affordable way to keep in contact with an astrologer, which is really what helps shift our obsession with, with astrology, which I'll talk about that at the end of the episode, but sometimes we need somebody to help us interpret our charts. So we don't go crazy about it in our own head. Sometimes we need a life raft and this is a great option for that. So I also want to, of course, mention our amazing sponsor, Cosmo Muse. Uh, what a lovely, beautiful astrological publication. I've been looking at it and using it a lot myself. It's just a beautiful coffee table astrology book that helps us journal our process through the seasons. And I really appreciate it. And I appreciate Cosmomuse sponsoring the podcast. If you want a copy, please go to Cosmomuse.com and use the coupon code Bridging Realities when you're checking out for 15% off. I also just quickly want to welcome to the tribe, Allison, Patricia, and Sarah. Welcome to the Bridging Realities tribe. I hope we will um, have a fun time getting to know each other. So let's go ahead and dive into the questions. And I am going to leave this anonymous because I forgot to ask again, but also I think I would just prefer it that way because I'm a stickler with confidentiality and whatnot. And I did get these questions um, from my Instagram followers. So if you ever want to participate in this you know, episode Q&A style, please be sure to follow me on Instagram at Bridging Realities and you'll see me post from time to time, you know, any questions for me. So the first question is a pretty uh, well-rounded question. And that is how can we use this eclipse energy to bring clarity and reveal more around our life purpose? And I'm going to compliment that one. And but part two, uh, the bonus episode where I'm going to look at your transits through the house systems and on particular elements in your chart, because I was asked about like, what if the eclipse is on my Venus? What if the eclipse is in my first house? Was well, I'm an Aquarius. And so I'm going to use those questions in the bonus episode. And, and a, as a visual aid, you can kind of watch us go around the chart and look at that. But just to stay focused on this particular question, how do we use this energy to reveal more around our life purpose? So where do we start? You know, I've thought about this a lot. There's a lot to be said about this, but the first thing I want to start with is the sun. So we're having a solar eclipse, meaning the moon gets in the way of the sun. It's just a really phenomenal experience. If you've ever seen a solar eclipse, maybe you saw it last August for the great American solar eclipse. It's really 
a kind of haunting experience and the sun changes the way it looks and, um, you know, our interaction with the sun really shifts. And, and what we have to really start to think about is the sun as an entity. Life is very unpredictable and weird and crazy and just wild and not much is consistent in this world, but something that is always consistent is the sun and the ancients really understood this. Uh, they recognized that civilization functioned because of the sun. And yes, the moon is a consistent thing, but it waxes, it wanes, it changes shape all the time. Sometimes you don't see the moon. But the sun you're guaranteed to see, guaranteed to see every morning and every um, day, even if it's behind the clouds, you're interacting with the sun. And it is the sun that gets us all out of bed, gets us functioning in humanity. And ultimately, it's what puts us down to bed. And the ancients, like I said, really understood this. And so in this discussion about the sun, I do want to go ahead and share with you, the, the viewers, I'm uh, for the podcast of the patrons who are um, watching this along with me, I want to share a few images that I actually took in Egypt. So I'm going to bring some Egyptian mythology into this particular episode. Uh, I'm not an expert of Egyptian mythology, so I, I want all of you to know if I fuck something up, it's because I'm not um, an expert and that's okay. Uh, but I'm going to share kind of some of my personal experiences um, in Egypt just because I want to talk a little bit about this ancient aspect of astrology is, is what I'm really curious about bringing into how the ancients saw the sun. And so uh, here's a quick chart of the actual solar eclipse on August 11th. It happens at around 4.01 a.m. here in Colorado, uh, putting it in the, the second house and Cancer Rising, which is an interesting uh, correlation to the summer solstice, but I will get through that. Or you can go back and listen. I think it's episode 74. I talk about that. But just this element of the masculine and the feminine that is wildly at odds right now in the sky and the yin and yang elements and the aggressive and receptive elements within ourselves that are getting heightened. Uh, but here we are looking at the chart with all of this energy in Leo. And Leo, of course, is ruled by the sun. And so the sun being in the lion, right? We, when we think about Egyptian um, mythology, we think about the Sphinx. The Sphinx is a lion. I mean, he's pointed per, like specifically to the, the solstice. Like he is specifically lined up for a very specific astronomical event that occurs every year. And he is the lion. And so with the sun in the lion's heart, in the lion's head, whatever you want to say, this is a really, really what we call um, an elevated position for the sun to be in. Uh, it is a unique position for the sun to be in. And, and of course, when that sun gets eclipsed, it affects us. So we, we, we build this really robust relationship with the sun. We work with it day in and day out. And then every once in a while, it goes away. And of course, you have to like put your, yourself into the ancient being who didn't know what that was and how terrifying that is. But even still, like when that very consistent round gold disc in the sky gets eclipsed, it shifts the energy in life. Um, and so uh, I'm going to go ahead and bring in Ra, okay? Because in this image, I'm, I'm looking at an image of the god Ra. He is the sun god in ancient Egypt. And I'm talking about ancient Egypt because there's 
so many blatantly obvious signatures on all of the tombs and artwork that I was fortunate to get to see over the course of a few months on a couple of different trips there. And I just want to bring in why this eclipse is in fact so significant or why this time is so significant and why the sun is so significant. And it's important to understand a little bit about the Egyptian mythology because that predates the Mesopotamian mythology, Greek, Roman, and current day Christian um, Islamic philosophy and all of the different dogmas we currently see in the world, they all stem from an original story, which is arguably from Egypt. So when we're looking here at the god Ra, it's he is depicted as half man and half falcon. His head is like a falcon head. He's oftentimes depicted from the side. In fact, that might be the only way he's depicted. And he's got that one eye, which is the eye of Ra, uh, not to be mistaken for the eye of Horus. He's always holding this ankh in his left hand and a spear in another. It's a beautiful... Uh, there's a lot of symbology related to that. But he always has the sun or a, a circular object above his head. And in this particular image, you see the sun. And then the lighter image outside of it is, is that of a serpent. And if you've ever looked at the sun being eclipsed, and there's that ring around the sun, or maybe you've even seen it with the moon, it's kind of like... Um, this is the serpent. And this is what we call, this is why we call it Rahu Ketu, because it looks like a serpent around the sun. Now, obviously the serpent is represented uh, in all ancient artwork and modern artwork as a sort of Kundalini or higher consciousness. I'm going to show you a couple of the pictures I took from King Tut's tomb uh, as well, just to kind of look at... uh, the, the, these images of serpents coming out of the third eye and the, the absolute devotion to the sun as God. So it started with Ra and then around, and I have this, oops, I have this date written down. Let me find it really quickly. I don't you know remember all this off the top of my head. Um, but uh, when we think about uh, how Egyptian mythology worked, it was initially a polytheistic culture that was worshiping all of these different gods. And then this pharaoh Ak- Akhenaten came into the fold, and I believe Nefertiti was his wife. And he is the one who said, no, 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 this is going to be a monotheistic culture where we're only going to worship the sun, uh, uh, Aten. So this was a big deal because all of the temples that were set up for all of the multiple deities in Egypt were closed down. People lost their jobs, religious um, sects or um, religious prayers and hymns and whatever it was at the time were changed to simply worship the one God. And this is kind of where we start to see the idea of the son of God. Um, in fact, there's a really interesting thing about on, on the winter solstice that the sun of God, the sun, the gold disc in the sky raise, it rises at this really interesting alignment to uh, uh, the North Star and to, um, not the North Star, excuse me, to Sirius and to the, the three belts of Orion's belt. And some would argue that that's the three kings and the star of Bethlehem, that the sun rises in perfect alignment with him every uh, winter solstice. You can go watch it with your own eyes. And you see this shown throughout Egyptian artwork and iconography because they really understood how astronomy worked uh, much better than the modern man uh, seems to. And so, um, so when he made this a, a monotheistic culture, just looking to the one God, it really shook up the whole world. Well, when he died, that's when King Tut or um, Tutankhamun, King Tutankhamun came in as his son and took over and he was pressured to bring Egypt back into a polytheism. And then the history goes on and I'm not going to get into that. But the point is, is this is how important the sun is. 
And then if you start to think about just the imagery of a gold disc in the sky, and by the way, in this image, this is, um, uh, Ak- um, excuse me, Akhenaten. This is him worshiping that, that one sun. So this is a piece of art from the Egyptian Art Museum that I was able to see. And, and when we look into King Tut's tomb, which we are looking at now, uh, and actually, if you aren't a, a patron, you can actually see a couple of these images on the Instagram account, but they're just fucking fascinating. You know, I have, I've, uh, my two trips to Egypt, the first time I only got to spend about a half hour looking at King Tut's tomb. This time I was able to allot myself hours to look at it. And I photographed like every square inch of these tombs. And what happened with King Tut, he was buried in gold tomb after gold tomb after gold tomb. I think there was five altogether and they are enormous gold-plated tombs. They're fascinating. I mean, you know, I was just there and people were walking by it because I think you're so overwhelmed by all of the Egyptian art, like the very small collection that is shown in the Egyptian Art Museum compared to the whole body of work of the Egyptian civilization. However, people were just walking by this and I just couldn't believe it because when you look at this shit, it is so compelling. I mean, there's alligator heads and there's cat heads and there are like straight up alien heads. Uh, But in this particular image, this is a picture which I would imagine is going to be the Pharaoh. And again, that worship to the God. And you can see out of the third eye of all of these characters is the sun, this gold disc in the sky. And it's no coincidence that, uh, excuse me, that in the Olympics, we are awarded the the medal of gold, the the round gold, when we out... um, feet mortal ability when you when one second is run faster than in ever in history or one jump is landed you know stronger than ever in history or something is executed that that brings the mortal status higher um that gold medal is is this symbol that is inviting us into our 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 god nature quite literally and this is what the egyptians i think understood is that it is this idea of become your greatness and, and and nobody can really tell you what that is obviously astrology helps us really understand our greatness a little bit more it helps us take out the programs right especially when an astrologer can look at your chart it says this was a program this was a program this is what we your chart authentically is desiring even if it doesn't make sense to you now this is this is what life does this is what astrology does is it takes out things that are preventing us from being called to our light which the world needs right now. Like everyone needs to step into their light. And that does not mean that has to be like a famous person. That does not mean it has to be somebody with a million followers. That doesn't mean any of that. Our light is shown in our interactions at the grocery store with people. Our light is shown in whether we keep a, you know, our house clean or whether we keep ourselves healthy, right? Like that benefits humanity for us to really embody what is pulling us forward. And if you look at these images, that's what it feels like. The sun, that gold disc in the sky is pulling these characters forward, these lions and aliens and things of that nature. And this is what this Leo eclipse is all about. And this is why I'm trying to give you a really you know, grounded under, understanding of the sun and just the, the, the incredible importance of it and that it's getting eclipsed, right? And this is, of course, the serpent. And actually, I'm going to show you this next image, which is just, again, one of these images. You're like, what? 
this looks like aliens. How was this humans? And by the way, this King Tut tombs, I mean, this is this, these hieroglyphics carved into these, these gold tombs. And I mean, the detail is so fucking phenomenal. I mean, this, I don't know how this isn't a wonder of the world. And this was a small Pharaoh. I mean, a lot of the other Pharaohs got their tombs ripped off and melted down and sold, you know, and pilgrimaged, or um, that's not the right word pillaged and but with king tut they were able to you know save this tomb and then there's like the whole story about the guy who found it who got you know killed and the curse of the pharaohs but i'm not going to get into that but in this particular image is an image of a pharaoh who's you know standing to the side and of course the way they're pointed what foot is forward the hand positions and all of those things are really significant. I don't know why. Um, I, I'd love to learn more um, eventually. But this image is that of a serpent around the Pharaoh's head, around the Pharaoh's feet, uh, with a, clearly an image of the Sphinx on either side. And then um, there's a circle at the kind of Kundalini spot with this like weird alien bug looking thing like being tased from the hand of some other alien thing. It's just, this shit's just so bizarre and amazing to me. Um, but regardless, uh, the serpent image, again, this is what the eclipse is the image of. This is exactly what we're talking about when we talk about a solar eclipse is it feels, it looks like that serpent. And this is those those times for all of us to peel off the layers uh, that are keeping us out of authenticity that are, you know, whether it's hating another political party or hating another person or only seeing the shit in life. I mean, yeah, there's shit in life, but there's good shit in life too. There's always both. And we have this opportunity during this portal season to really step into our truth and, and to, to become the gold medal winner of, our path and, and no, you know, this is, this is up to you what your path is. Um, again, it can look lots of ways you could be a plumber and, you know, be a gold medal plumber. It doesn't really matter, but we're, we've been seeing during this eclipse season, what pulls us out of this center. I know I've fucking learned it full on, and I'm really wanting to step into that thing that pulls me forward. Like doing this podcast, I can't help it. I can't help it. I honestly cannot help it. I have to make this podcast. It is like a compulsion. It's a compulsion to read charts. It is a compulsion to work with clients. It is what pulls me forward. It is a consistent everyday path in my life. I think about astrology all day long. Um, not, you know, maybe an obsessive way, but I, I think about like, you know, when you see a celebrity on TV, if you're like me, you look up their chart. If a, a, an event happens, you look up the chart. As something happens in your life, you look up the chart. And so you can't stop that stuff. And your life will display to you what it is that you value most. And this is why I love Dr. John Martini. And you can actually go onto his website and do this value determination test. And it will show you that your life displays to you what you value most. It actually displays to you what your gold medal achievement wants to be. So your, your home is going to display it by the items that you display. Your, uh, it, your bank account is going to show it. What do you spend your money on? Uh, what do you talk about the most? What do you think about the most? And also what flows the most in your life? Like astrology just flows to me. I don't have to work too hard at that. It just comes to me. I'm not like trying to fit myself into a nine to five situation. That shit doesn't work for me. And I'm coming to this place where I'm like, that is not my path. It's not my path. And I have to finally accept that about myself. My life is not going to look normal. Fuck it. 
That's what this eclipse is all about. And just in this last image, you just see again, the hands raised to the sun, the importance of the sun, again, the importance of this particular eclipse. Okay. So that's what this is, is showing to us. So I'm going to stop the screen share and get back on my face and just address this last question, which I've addressed a little bit. I've interwoven a little bit through, uh, the episode. And I think I covered everything I want to say about the solar eclipse. Yeah, I think I did. Uh, I'll probably come up with something at the end too. But so this is the question. How do you work with astrology and not let it overcome you and have you obsess over everything? So the first thing I would say to answer that question is this is why you need astrologers. This is why we need astrologers. This is why we need to be in communities with other astrologers because when we are trying to interpret our own chart based on a blog article that we might've read, or even a podcast that we've listened to, the person interpreting that to you or transmitting that information to you is, is transmitting a more general understanding. And so you, something can land in you because of a blog post or an Instagram post or whatever, and you can look into your chart and you start to obsess over and a, a good astrologer, <laughs> which is important, is somebody who can pull you out of your head and drop you into your chart, which when you're dropped into your chart, there's no reason to be afraid, right? Like, we're all afraid. Fuck. We're, it's a biological impulse. I mean, women are stressed out all the time and emotional all the time because we biologically are trying to protect a fucking child, right? We're, we have fear integrated into our biology and we should not dismiss these fears. Uh, we shouldn't dismiss the emotions of a woman versus the emotions of a man. They're you know distinctively nuanced and different according to our different biologies and things of that nature. And then the cultural elements of how we've been affected by all of those different things, right? And we can't forget that stuff. But when we look at the chart, we see that everything is exactly as it should be, right? And yeah, it's a little freaky. Like I'm going into a, a fucking nodal return in the eighth house, man. Like it's a little fucking freaky with Saturn there and Pluto, Pluto there and Jupiter will be there. And, you know, all of these different things, you know, I've had this eclipse hitting my son many, many times um, uh, since the the eclipse cycle started last August and it's squared my moon and my Saturn, Pluto opposition. Like it's a big one, but it's been fine. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm fine and I don't need to worry about all this. I don't look at astrology as, as a tool to out-navigate pain or outwit it. I think that we can use, use it and work with it and we can feel into what is authentically right for us right now. Like I was just on 26 planes since the nodes moved into my ninth and third house. I was flying all the time. And now my moon is progressing into Virgo in the fourth house and my nodes are shifting into the eighth and the second. It might not be something I want to do right now is travel a lot. That might be authentically true to me. And this is all the chart is doing. It's just helping you hear your own voice. And so if there's obsession about a child's chart, which is very common with women in their, their children's chart, hence why I do not interpret charts for children. It's just too fucking dangerous. You got to let the kid like grow into what it wants to be in this world. And you can try to cultivate a healthy future for that child and a nice socialized you know, opportunity for them so they can work with their chart as they grow older. And yes, you can use that with your own child, but it is of course risky because the soul 
is developing still. And of course you're going to mold it as an astrologer or not an astrologer, but just be aware the soul wants what the soul wants, not, not what the parent wants, not what the culture wants. And this is this breakthrough that is possible for all of us right now with this Leo eclipse on August 11th is to break out of these programs and to really get with our own program. Like what is our truth? And that is um, one of the ways we can counteract the obsession with it is to just talk to somebody else to, to ground us and to bring us down. Now, I imagine there are plenty of astrologers out there who um, might use fear tactic and, and, and a lot of astrologers have a really good argument to use predictive astrology in the sense of, you know, there's a good chance that you might have travel issues like uh, what we call... Um, electional astrology, you know, like if you're traveling on this day, there could be difficulties because of this transit. There is that type of astrology. I am not that type of astrologer because I choose to let life unfold organically. I, I, I just, you know, I don't check my chart that often. I just don't. Uh, I don't see it as a necessary thing to do. When things are tough, I bring it in. But it's all about, of course, to being in the present moment. You know, one of the things I've learned in the last few years is people will sit down with me for lunch or something and they'll say, you know, what are you doing? What's going on? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just like sitting here talking to you, right? I don't fucking know anything else. (laughs) I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And I don't really understand what happened yesterday. I just know what's going on right now. And if the chart is pulling you out of that, that is the, the caution. That's when I think astrology can become dangerous and really not not as helpful uh, when we're out of the present moment. And again, anything that pulls us out of the present moment, and again, that's part of it is that is a biological thing. We're trying to protect our babies and our families and our homes, and it's necessary. But to practice the presence, uh, just literally, like you know, what are five things you see in the room and what are, you know, four things you hear or three things you can, you know, uh, um, smell, you know, bringing it back to your senses, just like really just getting present. Um, this is a really gorgeous tool and it's a, a good thing for empowerment. So I hope that's helped. Like I said, excuse me, in the bonus episode, I'm going to go into specific interpretations. So just, again, not like wildly specific because it's, you know, it's a general interpretation, but I'm just going to go through the eclipse via house. So whatever house um, the eclipse might be taking place in you, just to give you again, not like an idea of what's about to happen, but how to work with the energy. If this is happening in your seventh house, just to how to utilize that in, in relationship and how to u- utilize it. If it's hitting a particular planet like Venus, like one of the questions I was asked. So the sun, the gold medal, your calling, that's what this is all about. And this is, you know, you know, I'm, I'm not talking about all of the, the goddesses affecting this eclipse. I'm not talking about anything else today. I'm talking about the sun, the thing that calls us forward to our greatness, that beacon of light and, and, and hint, it has a lot to do with your sun's sign. I think we dismiss sun sign astrology as silly, but it's fucking not. <laughs> it's our goddamn sun sign. It's our sun sign. It's our gold medal, right? I've got my, my son at 29 degrees of Aquarius in the ninth house. I am a teacher. I can't help it. I cannot help it. Mercury rising. I've got Mercury in Aquarius, right? In the ninth house. I like to talk about astrology. I cannot help it. 
It is, it is my son. It's my gold medal. It is the thing that I am greatest at teaching astrology and talking about astrology and, and, you know, working with astrology. So hint, look at your sun sign. It's, it's more important than you might, might believe. So good luck for all of you on the end of this eclipse cycle. I'm sending you so much love. Again, if you do want to do that, that 15 minute chart and interpretation every month, be sure to go to patreon.com backslash bridging realities and breathe. You know, I've got an episode coming up about the importance of art right now. That's not a bad idea to consider just listening to music and making, just letting whatever pulls you, pull you. And just paying attention to that. And it comes from your heart. It comes from your chest. Just develop a a nice relationship with that part of your being, your gold medal. Much love to all of you. Until we talk again. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you received valuable information, be sure to subscribe to Bridging Realities on iTunes, and I would love if you left me some stars and a good review. For more information about this episode and past episodes, and to find out more about learning opportunities, the Bridging Realities tribe, or to book a reading, please visit AccessibleAstrology.com. Thank you all so much, and I love you.